Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 288. Um, and as you will have seen from the uh, the picture or the title, I'm joined today by Kano. Um, I hadn't announced this one because we'd I'd had it scheduled for this week for a while, but we'd had to move the recording a few times. But uh, we managed to sit down and have a chat last week, and it was uh, it was fantastic. I know a lot of you have been asking for this podcast to, to happen. So here it is. Uh, thank you for the the love and support there. And also, if, if you didn't hear Getz on Jamali Maddox's podcast, uh, The Breakdown, I think it was called. Um, but yeah, if you if you search Getz J- Jamali Maddox, it'll come up in the podcast. Give that a listen. It's fantastic. It gives a real great uh, snapshot of some of the historical moments um, in grime and his own developments in recent years it's worth a listen um just going to tell you a few things in the intro i'll chat more in the outro obviously straight off the bat kano's new album uh, hoodies all summer is out now and it's fantastic we talk about it a lot you're going to enjoy it and obviously top boy's back on netflix which is hugely exciting so i mean this has got this is a, a well-timed episode let's not fight it but another thing I wanted to mention, if this is your first time tuning in, go and check out the Akala episode. We talk about Akala in this in this chat. And the Mike Skinner episode could be of interest. Uh, the Roots Maneuver episode, the Kate Tempest episode, the Polar Bear episode. We've had, we've had some great people. We also talk about the chat I had with, with Killer Mike in this episode. So, yeah, there's loads of good ones to go and have a listen to. As said, I'll talk more at the end, but I wanted to tell you in the start that I'm doing a competition for the next few weeks um, to win signed copies of the Distraction Pieces, the Times best-selling Distraction Pieces book, signed and personalised, so you'll be able to choose a message and all that kind of thing. The way you enter is quite simple. Head over to iTunes on the Distraction Pieces podcast page thing. Give us a little five-star review, but in the review section, tell me what's been your favourite podcast episode of the Distraction Pieces podcast of this year, and why. And I'll go through and find the ones that I feel are are the best and win me over the most, and I'll I'll select a couple to send out um, distraction, signed, personalised Distraction Pieces podcast books. So yeah, head over to iTunes. Give a five-star review, but in the review, write about your favourite episode from this year, from 2019, and then I'll select that and uh, and, and and get in touch and send things off. Um, that's kind of all I need to, to, uh, to tell you about. I'll talk more at the end. We Are Lizards is back September 28th. That's my club night. There'll be a mix of hip-hop, funk, soul, R&B, a little bit of indie, get Kate work eight flies coming down to do um a garage and jungle set all vinyl i believe so yeah it's going to be great it's at the book club september 28th 8 p.m till uh 2 a.m or 3 a.m oh we go we go believe me so come down to that it'll be great to see you all um pod bible podcast is out now pod bible podcast and pod bible M- magazine uh, both available online fill your boots the pod bible podcast is a 20 minute podcast that just talks to podcasters about their podcast and the podcasts that they love so it's a perfect a little 
bite-sized meal supplement rather rather than meal replacement and it sits at that part of your journey where you've got 20 minutes left or you know a little bit left you not long enough to start a new big podcast but you know you've still got some journey left and you wouldn't want to be left with your own thoughts so um yeah anyway let's get on with this I said I'd, I wouldn't talk much at the start. I've talked a fair bit. I'm going to talk even more at the end. This is episode 288. Actually, before I go, I'll just tell you this. Next week's episode is Louis Theroux. <laughs> Pretty good, right? This is episode 288 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Kano. Right, um, I'm here today with Kano. How are you, sir? I've, I've waited an, until you take a sip of your of your tea to to to, to wow. launch into questions. How you doing, man? My lemongrass and ginger. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Yeah. All it's right. it's it's weird. It feels like people have sensed that this is going to happen because this last week or two, I've had tons of tweets and messages on Instagram all saying, "Can you get?" Kano on so it's kind oh, of wow. I'll let them all feel that it was their fault and they and they spurned <laughs> it I'll let them have that that credit I don't mind that yeah, but um how, how are you doing in the midst of kind of promo run completing album and, and then having to ch- ch- jump into pushing it yeah all right all right as I was just telling you I kind of um yeah had a busy couple of weeks and then just had kind of one day off which weren't really a day off but it's a day at home and just crashed man like yeah. you know what I mean it's just um all come on top things a little bit exhausted but yeah it's a mad one because you know i mean you work on something for so long and then it's like once it's you know finished it's like ah oh, now the work starts <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah you just started it just stopped it's like nah it's a whole world of you know creating more material you know in terms of video and putting a show together and then promo you know what i mean so it's been a lot but it's been it's been all right man there's a quote i like in a film called Battle of the Algiers, and it's it's this film that's about the true uprising and revolution there, and loads of the people in it were part of the uprising and revolution. It was made a few years after this actual this whole, whole revolution happened. In in that, it says it's hard to start a revolution, h- harder still to win one. Mm-hmm. But once we've won, that's when the real work begins mm-hmm. and when it really gets hard. And yeah. I kind of think it sounds grand to compare it to albums, but mm-hmm. the getting started that's one thing. That's, it's tough. Yeah. The finishing it, yeah. man, that's a next level thing. But it's after that, then you're like, how are we going to do this live? How are we <laughs> going to get people to hear this? Because again, it's we've got more avenues than ever to get stuff out there. But it, that also means there's white noise everywhere to cut through and get heard. It ain't easy. Yeah, it's not easy, and especially for someone like me, it feels because I because I take a you know a little while to make albums. It seems like nowadays, mm. um, when I'm releasing a new project, it's like the landscape's changed again, you know what I mean? And just like new things are here and that wasn't here three years ago because yeah. things changed that quickly. So it's like, okay, all right, there's new ways to promote and, you know, new things to do, which is you can, you know, you, you can look at it like, you know what I mean? Like you can look at it one way and negative. Oh, I was comfortable with just going to, like you know, send was. this radio to the plugger yeah. and they get it on the thing and it's not yeah. like that. Anymore, you know what I mean? But, or you can look at it and like, oh, there's ways to be, creative yeah you know completely. What I mean? so we can do something yeah something different i know? mean are you are you're east london so it wouldn't yeah. have been easier back in the day you go down to rinse you're, well, you're done I, that's I kind was, of straight yeah. off the bat right 
Mine was really Deja. I started on Flavor, yeah. which was in Canada Town, Rough Road Market. And then um, moved on to Deja Vu. Yeah. And that was like, yeah. I was yeah. like, Premier League, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you made it to the big time. Deja Vu. And you had to pay to get on there. It's <laughs> £20 a month. It's subs. mad all that stuff because I think of like, I think it's comparable in like comedy with the Edinburgh Fringe and stuff like that. There's, there's this oh, stuff that happens that is there and then it's, it's gone. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? In the day and age where if you're playing at Glastonbury, well, people can just watch it on TV. You don't mm. need to be there. But you look back at Rinse and Deja Vu and all this kind of thing. It's like, there's these moments. That there's going to be some iconic sh- 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 shit on there. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about like, Gets and DWE and all these people from them days. Yeah, it was, that that was just life back then, right? It that was, was just, just what you life. did. Life and it's it's crazy now because it became such a thing. When speaking to people now and they're super excited about it and intrigued to know how it was and whatever, it's like you've forgotten half of it because it was just another day. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, completely. Like, even like the battle with Wiley, like all that kind. Of, that was just like. Another day that someone caught on a camera that ended up on a DVD that then, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's hard for people now, especially like young MCs now, to understand how it was in those days. I'm talking like I'm like <laughs> 60 <laughs> yeah, years old. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, it's like, like we'll go to raves then and we'll just like turn up, be outside, you know, might get a little cue jump, might not, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Might, uh, you know, you might be with four people, two of them might have to pay because it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, yo, I'm on the flyer here. Like, yeah, yeah, so what kind of thing? Then you just go yeah. in the rave and you just, you're just in the rave like normal. No one knows who you are. You're just yeah. like a normal person. Your time to come on the mic. Everyone's singing along. Oh, they don't even know your face because it's just been pirate radio. Yeah. They couldn't even put a face to the name. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, then you get that reaction and it's like, and then it's afterwards, people are like, oh, you know what I mean? So it wasn't really until people started filming the DVDs and those started circling that, you know, you became a little bit more recognisable. But even that was such an underground level. It wasn't really till I had a video on, like, Channel U, I think it was. Yeah, man. Feature with Mike Skinner. And yeah, fit, yeah. But, you know, it remix or something. And he um, put it on Channel U and it was like, that was my first video. And then it's like, or, or people know what you look like. So, so many people over with those remixes at that time, because it would be, you'd like, you know the street song, but you, yeah. if you're not in that rave, you might not know all the yeah, different yeah. grime MCs. And him just going, it will give everyone a, a little bit of time. I remember I, I watching Channel U and seeing all those kind of people and being like, who's this guy? This yeah, is... yeah. Now, yeah, Mike, Mike was good in that way, you know what I mean? And he, it was genuine. He was just a fan of what we were doing. Yeah. But with me, it went, I guess it went beyond that because he um, then bought me on tour so yeah, I supported yeah. that was my first ever time going on tour supporting him and you know really showed me like another world that was to me because yeah. all I knew was just pirate radio and local race and um, yeah that, that was a big deal for me then continued working with him you know from then but um, yeah man big, big up to, to Mike I mean how was that then as an eye opener because I think I mean you, you fast forward to now and you see Stormzy putting on one of the best headline sets that Glastonbury's ever seen, just theatrics and everything. But back at that point, Grime wasn't known for the live performance element. Do you know what I mean? It was it, it was often behind the decks, mm. grabbing a mic, you know, plugged in into the headphone jet, into wherever it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't about the performance things. So to be thrust into going on a huge tour with the, the streets, that must have been a quick, a sharp a learning curve, right? To right, I need to to entertain the crowd and do yeah, do well, my thing. Yeah, well, it was it, it was um, 
you know, probably the first time, you know, you, you kind of experience um, how to win over a crowd because yeah. they're not really here to see you. It's not necessarily all fans of your style of music. But then just to see, you know, him play his album in a like live life capacity. Yeah. Um, and to see how that came across and just like, I don't know, it was just like, I loved it, man. But but I, I, I first got into like live music from dancehall, really. Yeah. From being in Jamaica and going to shows and that's how those artists would perform. Yeah. Um, with a live band and whatever. And I used to love that, but I just never really seen it over here. But yeah, to to be a part of that and to see it done with like, you know, Mike's type of music was um real inspirational for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and from then I knew like this is how I want you know, I know I can't do it right now, but this is where I want to get to. And that was around two thousand and five, four stroke five. So around two thousand and seven is when I started touring with my, my yeah. own band and that. Or dance was a kind of a perfect blend of the two and and an introduction right because it's like i got exposed to a fair bit of it in my youth because my my uncle was one he was the first a label manager of, of trojan records so there was a lot mm. of reggae and dancehall and that kind of thing about and dancehall stuff was dope because it was the first thing i'd kind of see f f footage of or whatever where there's a live band but they're not necessarily the focus the focus is the vibe in the room and everyone mm -hmm. dancing it's like a live band that's almost being played as a dj do you know what I mean? You're not having to all face them and put your hands in the air. You're meant to be all enjoying each other, mo moving and vibing off each other rather than praising the people in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, I don't know, it's just something I, something I grew up with, like dancehall in particular. And I guess a lot of us did, like, that's probably how Wiley grew up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, I, I still feel like, if you want to say grime in those days, was, you know, as much inspired by dancehall yeah then it was hip-hop even yeah. you know what i mean like i saw you know the similarities and you know between us and them and how we would all spit on one tune and then we'll get the reload and you know what i mean yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. it was very kind of a dancehall way of doing things more so than a than a hip-hop thing but yeah uncles being in sound systems and just like just bass coming from my uncle's room every yeah. single day and then he had all the little bits of kit and whatever the little yeah. side, doo, doo, doo. and he, yeah, and he yeah, used to yeah. take that as a kid and then like press those buttons yeah. when he was playing and whatever and it's like, like wow I love this six like rubber buttons yeah, that yeah. can just do different it was like I love this and how they just like captivated an audience or people will come over and it's like when you play the next tune and everyone's going just that kind of command of the crowd just through music was like so, I don't know, it just like so inspirational to me, so young. And this was before even thinking about picking up a microphone or whatever. That that came came kind of later when my mum got my brother Dex for his 16th birthday. I was probably 14 at the time and he wouldn't let me touch him. He's one like proper precious over his records and that. Yeah. If he was out and he come back, he wouldn't know. Like, ah, I left the slip mats here at two o'clock. <laughs> now the slip mats moved to, you know, it's to been you know what I mean? I like, it's it. been touch kind of thing. So I was like, all right, not really getting any like Identifying the records. <laughs> yeah. This one was out of its sleeve. Exactly, this one is... yeah. He used to play tunes. I used to always pick out US Alliance. I remember that tune. And um, Hype Funk and, you know what I mean? Destiny yeah, yeah. and those garage tunes. Um, but anyway, uh, that him DJing led to me picking up the mic and... At first, I, w I think I was DW, you know, yeah. <laughs> in my bedroom anyway. It's yeah. like he would DJ and I would just be DW because yeah. I knew him from all like the local 
house raves and whatnot. Amazing. Um, so yeah, that, that's what that's what made me pick up the microphone. I love that as a as a kind of of starting point. I think you kind of you, you've always had the the kind of vibe to me of every MC's favorite MC, and and I think part of that is because you seem to tread the paths that aren't necessarily the easiest. Do you know what I mean? You'll do your own thing and decide uh, which route you're going to don't go. It's kind of, I mean, the fire in the booth. I'm, I'm Mister Everyone. I went right. I took the left. Kind of <laughs> vibe, and it feels that that really relates to hoodies all summer because grime at the moment on the pop sensibility side of it is as big as it's ever been it's there's 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 roots there's paths drawn out there to follow easily and you've come out to show the width of grime the diversity of grime i still think it's a grime record i think but it's showing that there's so much variation it doesn't have to be his you know this the the current sound of grime that's 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 the pop chart version yeah i've i've always you know i I feel like from the beginning i've always just like had just music in me and wanted to just like experiment and you know and make the music i love but obviously you know represent kind of my upbringing you know what i mean and musically as well just like drum and bass but you know a jungle inspired track yeah like reload it on my first album or you know um can hear the hip hop and the and the ragger and you know working with vibes cartel and just like the, the the people I like and the things I've kind of grown up with and I've always wanted to just be allowed to be an artist and not boxed in so I think early on when people was like trying to put me on the grime 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 thing I was like I don't know I was really conscious about being called that and I, and I never used to like it and I always would like correct people like no 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 and I think it probably came across like I was maybe trying to you know move away from what they thought my roots were you know what I mean yeah, but yeah, I'm like yeah. no I'm, I'm actually trying to represent my roots and it, my roots are more than just what is quote-unquote called grime so like what you said like going left and whatever is um I just feel like artists that can carve out their own lane yeah you know and just do, I don't know, and just not be afraid to not fit in. I feel like over the course of like 15 years, yeah, not fitting in is not always going to be financially the best at sometimes, you know what sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it might come around where people just catch up to what you're doing or come around to what you're doing and it's going to be all right, you know what I mean? I feel like 2016 with Made in a Manor and Grind was kind of popping off. The easier move was for me to probably just make a out and out grime album, of course, and just come out and it'd be like, yeah, but I'm not in it for it to be easy. Like I'm there for the challenge. I want to challenge my listeners and I want to challenge myself. Yeah, and I feel like with Hoodies All Summer, it's just the same. I wanted to challenge myself musically, but also challenge people, you know, with the content, you know, yeah, and completely. and and to show that, yeah, like we, you know, we, we can do all sorts of things you know we, we we don't you know i've still probably got people that look at me oh, damn it, that's not grime though and da, 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 and all that kind of thing but it's like i don't i don't watch that and i don't care about what they've got to say like this is the this is inside me and this is the music i love yeah and this is what i wanted to say and the story i wanted to tell you know and that's just how i think it should be you know what I mean? yeah i feel that and uh you kind of spoke about of, of what's inside you. And one of the things that strikes me, as you said, you do sometimes take some time in between records. Mm. It takes a minute. How much life needs to be lived 
to 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 have enough to comment comment on to 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 put mm. a commentary on on your life on your feelings and things like that. Yeah, that's that's um that's an interesting one because um it's like probably I wanted the album to come out sooner than it has. You know, I didn't want it to be three years. The last one was like maybe five years away or six, whatever. And you gave a lot in in Made in the Manor, like that was yeah. that got, got got real personal. So it kind yeah. of made sense that to me that it's like well. How are you, unless you're going to come back with just here's a load of party anthems, how are you exactly. going to do something after you've given so much of you in that? You're going to need to live some life and yeah, bring some I, more stuff I, in. And I think that's exactly what it was because when we first sat down, we spoke a lot about music, but I don't know, lyrics just wasn't flowing even when we was creating um, good music and, and whatnot. It just wasn't, I don't know, I just didn't know what to do. And then you get like worried, like... Ooh. I was going to say, if is I that frustrating it, in the moment? It, or is it, yeah, it's it's frustrating, but you can't you can't let yourself get frustrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and you have to be confident enough. And I think, especially the people I was working with, and just in yourself, like you need to be confident enough to admit when you haven't got it today. Yeah. And sometimes people stay and they stay and they stay to try and make this thing, and then it's four a.m. and it's like I just need to. You know, but like sometimes it's like, no, it's not in me today. Yeah. It's fine. Tomorrow will come and the lyric will flow, you know. At the beginning of my career, that probably would have scared me. Yeah. Like me not being able to write a verse would have, I would have like doubted myself like ridiculously because I was one of them guys that, you know, I'm like, I'm like that. You come, I come up with it straight away. I go in, I lay it down once. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what, another verse, another verse. Me and get. But the more you do it, the harder it gets. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, yeah, the, the less new topics available. You know what I mean? And and I'm not one of the guys that's going to, like, make peace and cues again three times. In a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's basically the same record, but change a couple of things. Like, I, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> would be easy, I'm sure. But it's like, nah, every time... I come, I just want it to be fresh yeah. for me even, you know what I mean? Just even if it's just for, just for me, I want to know within myself that I, I, I pushed it and done something different this time that I didn't do last time and then it will be the same again, I'm sure, you know what I mean? Um, it, it will probably be challenging. Like yeah. you'd be blank campus again, ah, oh, what do I say? What, what's the music going to sound like? Oh my God, oh, we can't do that because we've done that before. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it's going to be. Where do we play? Oh, we can't play. We play there again. All of yeah, those yeah. kind of things is, yeah. um, I don't know, maybe I'm making it difficult for myself. No, I, just, I think it's fascinating. Every album I finished, I'd panic at the end. I was like, I think that's all I've got to say. Like, I don't know if I've got anything more. Like, I've, I feel I've pulled this one out my ass. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. this has happened, but that's probably my lot. And it's, it's interesting <laughs> to see that development from your side because you came up in pirate radio culture and mixtape mm. culture and all that kind of thing where it is you're churning stuff yeah. out you turn up and you and you and you spit i remember when i was doing a solo record and i'd get i come in to do a vocal yeah. i was like oh I've, so, so what have you you come up with is like i've got a few ideas i'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out when we like it's kind of i'll figure it out when we get yeah, in there and it's like yeah. oh shit i'm i've always been one to slave over it and this and that but he yeah, was just yeah. he went in there and dropped some amazing stuff yeah, he's, but, a, he's a beast at it you know what i mean and um, the, yeah, like, the, the speed that he comes up with things, yeah. with, but still with the content that you know what I mean. Because it's easy to come up with like things quickly when you're not really saying anything. Yeah. But with him, I think like he he can do both at the same time, it, which is it, amazing. It, it laser in on one bit from my verse or from the hook or whatever, yeah. and then it just 
have a whole thing and just go, just let's go again, let's go again, and just yeah. see what comes out. Yeah. But Which is so coming it, up it, in that culture, it must be weird for you to then, or again, I'd imagine the first time it hit you that you're like, oh, I've not got something. It might yeah. have been a scary thing and a, a panic because you're like, well, no, I'm meant to. I'm, I'm meant to turn up and just be fire on the mic kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And then it's like when you realise that it's not that, you um you, you have just have faith. Like we were just like, we'll just continue just making music and, and kind of just, you know, putting things aside. Like, I know I love this piece, but I don't know what to say just yet, but I'm going to get back to that. And then one song I really struggled on was um a song called Got My Brandy, Got My Beats on the album. Yeah. Um, and I went away like my mate's got a house in the country somewhere. It's the first time I've ever done something like this. I just went by myself. He said, yeah, yeah. didn't have no TV or nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, just, yeah, yeah. I went to the Tesco's, bought some food to cook, stayed there for like five days. Um, and uh, I just, um, you know, like when you're at home, there's easy get outs, you know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you, you will spend like an hour on something, then you'd be like, all right, let me go and do something. Let me go and make a cup of tea. Then you were like, all right, let me go on my laptop. Right, let me just watch this and I'll get back to it. Or what you were saying earlier about how sometimes you need to just accept it's not coming today, I'll move on. At home, it's too easy to accept that too at times. Easy. It's, you know, there's a balance there somewhere because yeah. you could go every day, ah, it's not here. And then you're a year in and yeah. it's not come yet. And, so. then, and then that, like, that kind of made me face up to this song. And it was like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Song, this this beat ain't going anywhere, <laughs> yeah. and it's got to happen. Yeah. Like you can't you can't make two lines and run away. It's like I forced myself to um, address that situation, and I remember that that was when it was a Manchester attack, Manchester bombing at that concert. Right. I think. Wow. I believe I believe it was that, but that's why the lyrics start. Sad times we're living in the middle of silence. Like yeah, again, you know what I mean. The song wasn't. You know, I always thought this song would be about relationship. But it started that way because of what had just happened, you know what I mean? You know, life is on the brink, but all mine is in the ink. You know, this yeah, was supposed yeah. to be for her, but I think it's more for me. Yeah, I got my brandy, got my beats, but I'm still floored trying to find my feet, you know what I mean? It's like... That's awesome to get a um, bit of a backstory on that, because, yeah, it feels like this is one of the relationship songs on the record, mm. but then it's great that it kind of it takes that yeah. that journey. Yeah, you know what I mean? But now you're right, writing, for me, that's what it's about. It's about, you know what I mean, just... um just just pulling like even it amazes me like even knowing like I've been watching back a lot of footage that we shot just on our phones and in the studio and I can see like times where you know we ain't got it and things that we might have you know not now and then I can see the moments where it's like what what kind of turned that you know switch yeah, yeah what kind of opened that door and um those are like the beautiful moments yeah. those are the moments Jody, one of the guys that worked on the record, he sent a text round because me, him, and a guy called Blue May made it all. He sent a text to us too and was like, "This is when the album first came out." He's like, "Man, just listen to the album again. Loved every minute of making it, especially the difficult parts." Yeah, you know. And I think that really summed up like us and summed up the process. Yeah, because it's not easy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not all fun. <laughs> It's not all mates in there drinking shit. Like it is not that Atlanta story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that you know. It's um, it's tough. I was it's I was going to ask like like how are you in the studio? Because uh, again, I, I I saw on I think it was on Instagram the video of when you'd you'd finished the record, and it is mm. it's that image of its party. It's yeah, we've, yeah. we've got there, but 
that also told you a lot because that looked like everyone was in a place that they were really f- familiar with and have spent a lot of hours. And do you know what I mean? So it kind of yeah. it told more than just oh we turn up and it's finished. Yeah, nah. you know. Even after that pop, <laughs> yeah. we slept there that day because we <laughs> we changed a couple more things. <laughs> like yeah, and then you know we we, we mixed the yeah, that was after mixing. Yeah. Um, so you know most of it was like done already and we mixed it and then made some changes to the mixing afterwards and then like two months later we mastered it and then I changed something while he was yeah. mastering it so we went back again had to get the things up on the board and change a couple of things and it's just that constant kind of push for the perfection that you're never going to achieve but you just want to get as close to as possible yeah. perfection in the moment you know even in the imperfection you know um like there's a wrong note on there's a wrong bass note on the album and me and blue like to jody we can't change that yeah like it, it, it it's just too right you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. him technically he knows it's wrong like he hates hearing it every time yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> gonna be the bit that kills you know the I mean? musician yeah, every exactly. time he's like, this, i can't listen to that track but but it's like that's perfect to us so i'm not saying everything is about being perfect but it's perfect to us yeah today you know yeah yeah, yeah completely next year i might be like i would have changed i want yeah, i would have said that, that like that or <laughs> yeah you know what i mean i would probably the second half of that verse you know what i mean that's why i don't yeah. really listen to my old music you know i'm enjoying the album now but i know come next year i probably won't because it like things will bug me <laughs> yeah 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 you know what i mean it's, it's mad as well because the completing of an album I, I mean you touched upon it with the there's bits that w- there's bits in the past that just happened and someone someone happened to film it. Yeah. The fact is there'll be fans or whoever who've watched that so many times and know it in and out. But for you, it was just a moment that happened, and that's what I think's interesting with albums because of the tours after them. The yeah. album really f- gets finished at the end of that tour for me. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind mm. of. It's like now we know where it is. Is Jody going to play that wrong note? You, you know, <laughs> when it needs to, or however you do the live shows, you know. Interesting, because um, a Carla said to me the other day, I don't even know if he wants to share that he's what's going to make an album, but I think he's making an album yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I just said it. <laughs> but um, he's like, he would love to record an album, then he wants to tore it for a week yeah and then relay all the vocals yeah because he feels like when once it's on its feet and it's live he finds new pockets that he didn't in the booth and what you know what i mean and then go back and lay the vocals and he's interested to see interested to see how that would differ and would it be better you know i'm like that's quite interesting it's it's it's, it's one of the most uncomfortable things if one of your own tracks comes on because you again i'm not one who listens to my own Mm -hmm. shit you perform it live and you Mm -hmm. know it from there and then it comes on and you're like, that's not how that goes. Yeah. That is because that's what was recorded, that's but that's, recorded, not but that that's, that's not how that goes. That's anymore. not how that goes. Yeah, it's wicked. And you always find like new, you know, just new things. And, um, you know, things just come to life. I remember my last time, Roadman's Hymn, you know, there is no like drums on that track, but our, our drummer, during the second verse, he's just started building up the cymbals and, you know, then it comes to like the crescendo and then he just, just hits a kick really and it was like wow that's not on the track and i don't even think that'll be right to be on the track but it's so right live and it's the only way i hear it now you know what i mean it's mad isn't it but it's a complete flip because those moments for you where it was one thing and people have watched it a thousand times for the crowd Mm. the way that that's played they're gonna see that once at a gig yeah and the album version is 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 what they're gonna know so for you that's gonna be the version that you know and for them it's that one whereas it's that reversal yeah 
No, I, I love it, man. I love it. I don't know. I feel like bands, the difference between us and, like, you know, like an indie band or whatever, they would, they would make an album, I guess, then go and do a circuit and just yeah. play new songs and just, like, get a feel of how new songs are. But I feel like hip-hop artists don't really get the opportunity to do that because our, you know, live performance as it you know normal like hip-hop dj mc whatever is it's so based on call and response it's like if no one knows the song it's it's hard to play a new song as a hip-hop yeah, artist sense, yeah. you know what i mean because you're not really getting that energy back you know yeah. um which i've always like envied you know or a singer can just come and so, you know come on stage and be like just wrote a song last night <laughs> it's called <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he yeah, could yeah, just yeah. sing it. You know what I mean? And the crowd would just be like, "Okay, cool." Then at the end of it, they'll just be cheering. You know what I mean? I don't think many rappers are going to say, "This is a song I just made last night and or, rapping it." I tell you, it's why MCs that I've seen do it. They they'll drop a new v- vocal, but they'll do it a cappella because there's an excitement in the crowd of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's no music. Yeah. I want to sh- show you something new. Yeah, it's still got that buzz. It's not that here's the beat, here's yeah, this, and all exactly. that. You can go here's my verse. Yeah, and that will get that click. But other than that, yeah, yeah, it's a it's tough a, it's one. It's a tough thing to play a new song in its entirety. Yeah, it's it's kind of well. I mean, one of the things I like is that you do seem to kind of disappear in between records there's not that kind of oh we're still going to be touring and we're still going to be doing this it's like no we've done that album now we're away for the next one so can we talk a little bit about kind of life in between records because on this on on one of the lyrics on this track you're really kind of open about the highs and lows of different ages of 27 of 28 or 29 and and all that kind of thing um and i think that's it feels important because culture in general particularly male particularly hip-hop grime rap or whatever can so much be about fronting or about only mm. the good times and i think it's important to go nah you may think oh that's, that's kano he's is you know he's yeah. had this record and it's the biggest thing it's like no there's going to be periods in between these records that were shit or that were dark so <coughs> so how do you navigate life when you've not got that focus of here's the album here's the tour here's the promo yeah it's like it's mad cause i feel like a, a writer's never really not making an album yeah, yeah, but obviously yeah. there's periods of not going to the studio, yeah. you know, or doing work, um, you know, what's seen as work. And yeah, it's just, just life like, like everyone else, you know what I mean? Just, um, just family stuff, might be relationship stuff, might be issues, yeah. you know, all of that kind of thing. And it's when you're going through them, like the artist in you know is it's probably a song in there. <laughs> it's like, this situation is really unfortunate, but there's probably Mate, a song in there. I've said it a few times. There's been the darkest times where the last thing before I go to sleep is like, probably got like yeah. half an album this week. <laughs> this week has been dark, but there's like at least three tracks. It's, uh, it's, you know it's the I mean? blessing of an artist, right? You've got that. Yeah, you turn uh, it into something. You turn it into something. That's what we do, do. We turn it into something. But living is necessary for writing. And... You gotta embrace that. Yeah. You gotta break embrace that period and and sometimes like I know, you know, I just wanna hurry up with this album and, you know, get it out and I can tour again and all that kind of stuff. But I know that things take time. Yeah. And the time eats me up. Yeah. Like it frustrates me, you know. Sometimes not helped by the people you meet every day and they're like where's the thing and sometimes you know kind of like um energized by that kind of energy that you see on on a daily but 
I feel like the time before my last album, the years leading up, was like a really not good time for me. I just didn't feel like I was in the right place in my career. I didn't feel like I was executing um, my ideas. I felt like I was just stagnant. Time was passing me by. Peers were doing their thing and doing well, and it's not you don't you you you're happy for that, but it's like where's my place kind of thing? Yeah. When's my moment? I feel like I've never had my moment. You know, what I mean, I've like, and that's just people will be like, no, shut up, you've you've achieved loads, kind of thing. But it's we all perception, isn't it's it? All it's all perception. personal perception yeah. as well. You know, and it was just tough. It was really tough. And I remember Christmas, I think it was probably the Christmas of 2015, where something really fell through for me. And it was like, I just thought, I don't know, man. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I'm, yeah. I'm waking up doing all the right things and I feel like I'm doing good work at the time. And it's just not working out for me. Like, is this, I know, you don't question this is what you're supposed to be doing because you, this is you, you know what I mean? You're yeah. just doing you. Yeah. And, and you know, art is your life. Um, but it's like, do I even mean anything to people, you know? And until you kind of get through that and then, you, you know, you, you, you put something out and, you know, someone likes it or you know what I mean like that kind of small stuff has yeah. a big effect on an artist where you wouldn't think it no, it completely. did you know what I mean and it kind of makes it all worth it and al- although I felt like that I wasn't willing to compromise my music or or um, speed up the process that was probably going to affect the quality of the the music but it was like super super tough and that's why the last three years have been tough in terms of producing this body of work. But I've never doubted myself again because of that five years right. before Made in the Manor. It's yeah. like, to me, it don't matter anymore. Like, yeah. I know now, I've proved to myself that as long as you're doing good stuff, as long as you're putting out good material, an audience will be there. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot in life where... All you have to do is, and it sounds dramatic, but all you have to do is live through it once and then you know it's not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And I mean that metaphorically and, and literally, that the fact that you've had that dark point where you're like, is this it? Then you've got th- through it. It means any time that comes back, you can go, nah, it's, I can get, I've got, I've got through this before, I can push through and I can, yeah. I know that it's got that worth and it's got that. Yeah, exactly. Like you only, like, and whatever it is, you might have not taken an opportunity that you might be kicking yourself for or whatever. But once you get through that and you realise that it was okay, it's like, oh, no, I, I know. Like, no's my favourite word now. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've said it before <laughs> and it, I was all right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? When people are saying, like, no, nah, you should do this and what, and you're just like, no, I'm going to follow my gut. And I learned early, like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of failing. Yeah. I'm afraid of failing with something you've told me to do. You know, yeah. I got to fail on my own terms if it's going to happen. You yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. that would be the worst thing in the world. If this album didn't work out, it would be like it still sounds the same to me. Like I know what it sounds like. I'm happy I with it. I know what it is. I've you know achieved what I, mean? what I set out to achieve yeah, with it. Yeah. I'm happy. You know, so that, that's important. 
a Chris Rock, I think it was, used to, to talk of, of getting f- fuck you money. So getting to the point that you can say fuck you to, to anything. And I think yeah, there's yeah. something in it outside of, of money, having fuck you self-worth, that you can go, no, this is a huge opportunity, but no, that's not what I want to be doing. That's not where I want to be. So regardless of the money or the opportunity, if yeah. it's not me, having that self-worth to go, no, I'm good, thanks, yeah. is, is hugely important. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and I feel like that that comes from just being centred, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just being centred and, and, and having, I don't know, like family is so important to me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you take all of my compliment, com- accomplishments away from me, you can't take that away from me. I'm sure I will be fine. I'll go yeah, to my yeah. auntie's on Sunday and we'll eat food and I will be, you know, it would be okay. Yeah. You know, I feel like when people get lost in the sauce and it's like this thing, this kind of persona becomes like who they are and that's removed it's like that's their everything yeah you know what i mean to yeah. me this is who i am but it's not my everything yeah you know what i mean yeah com- completely oh, oh, one of the lyrics that really j- jumped out at me on the record is i ain't a gangster but i rave with them <laughs> we pop 10 bottles of escapism <laughs> and that kind of get a love that it's, line <laughs> it's 100% but it is there's that kind of it's it speaks to me of the kind of contradiction of success from the hood or, for, or, or from the ends is that where there's that there's a feeling that you need to kind of pay tri- tribute to where you're from <coughs> but then also to be able to go look i'm i'm doing me mm-hmm. that isn't that isn't the choice i made i'm not hating on on that but it's not mm-hmm. the choices i made so and that feels like the confidence to have that comes from having that rooting in family and knowing who you are and knowing who you know respecting where you come from but knowing that that doesn't have to define you completely right yeah exactly and it's like you know that's that club life popping some bottles of escapism that that's like every you know that's that social media life everyone's everyone's amazing right everyone's having a great time everyone you know what i mean (laughs) no problems bills paid (laughs) on time all that stuff that's how it looks but it's like everyone's running from something you know yeah, people are always hiding behind something or running from something, you know, popping 10 bottles of escapism. And sometimes that's, you know, that's that's all you've got is where, wherever where it may be. Like people, everyone needs the weekend, let their hair down, rave, you know what I mean? Forget about their problems and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And, and that makes me like think about the the music that I decided maybe decided not to make um, on this album was the kind of music that was just like club bangers and whatever. But it's like, I've said that in the past and I don't want to make it sound like there isn't a place for that and that music isn't like so necessary. Yeah. Just to be able to put on in the club and everyone could just like let loose to and forget about their troubles. 100%. But I didn't think that that was my place today. Yeah. You know, maybe tomorrow... Or maybe that comes from somewhere, one else, or whatever. But um, it wasn't, it wasn't my place today. It was, it was my place to document this time that we're living in now. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's it's not an album of party anthems, but the UK doesn't feel like a party right now. So it it, <laughs> it feels like there's, it's not the place for party yeah. anthems as such. Yeah, and and the moments, and again, the escapism of them is valid. But if that's not what exactly, and the the, the moments of kind of party or celebration, like you can find those moments in a couple of places on the album, but it, it, it is literally, 
you know, represents that weekend that people need, yeah. you know, or that yeah, Friday yeah. after work, like on Can't Hold Me Down. But yeah, you're right. This, this to me sounds like, and it needed to sound like, the country today. I didn't want to look back 20 years, in 20 years' time and have basically spoke about nothing yeah. in such a critical time. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that wasn't acceptable to me. You know? I think that reflection is important on the record as well because there's a kind of, the way I kind of got it kind of clear in my head is like, you've got your boys and you all know that Mark's a dick. But you you all know he's a dick. He's always been a dick. He's Mark. But if someone else calls him a dick, then we're kicking off. And that's what it feels on this is for years, the mainstream media and the white media, hello, mm -hmm. you know, kind of specifically, have, has, has the, the backlash on grime or, or, or whatever has been that it promotes gang violence, promotes violent resolution of situations. And that's 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 something that's so blind and so short-sighted but this record kind of goes look fuck what they're saying but we do have some shit to address as well yeah, i, I yeah, feel yeah, i can yeah. speak from within this that we're doing some silly things exactly. and i need to get through to people and that's what it feels like that kind of we can call mark a dickhead but if someone else does it's <laughs> going to kick off but we still need to every now and then go sit mark down and go you're being a dickhead <laughs> you know and that's that's what it feels like there that kind of yeah yeah it, addressing it you know it is that i, I I feel like... I mean, knife crime specifically comes up a lot and and that feels yeah, hugely important. You know, but it's not for me to be like, you know, don't do this and don't do that and whatever no. and be the guy that I never would have listened to as a kid, you know what I mean? It's like, yo, I get, I get it, you know what I'm saying? I get why it's happening. I get how you feel. I get how beefs continue and don't stop but I don't know man I've like I've experienced more hmm. and I just want to share my new perspective with you and yeah any hand could be shaken when the blood dries I guess that's not a fog line but can of town or plaster that's where the fog's that like I, maybe that's soft you know what I mean maybe 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 you're not ready to hear it. Maybe it's too deep right now. And maybe if someone killed my brother last year, I would not be ready to hear that. Yeah. But maybe I will in three years' time. Yeah. You know? Completely. So um, it's, it's on the table. It's, it's planting seeds that may grow and may not. But I know somebody is going to be affected by that song. Yeah. You know. And that kind of open and non-judgmental and non-confrontational addressing of things is really alien in the world these days. It's either you're right or you're wrong. I, I remember I had Killer Mike on the podcast, and I was kind of, and we were talking about gun control, and it was a weird one because I was like, I'm I'm anti-guns, but equally, I mean, we were talking th three or four years ago, and it's only got worse since. I could also say I can't sit across the table from a black male living in America and say, I don't think you should have a gun because police were killing, seemed to be <laughs> killing young black men left, right and centre. And it seemed like it's easy for me to sit out in the, the sticks in Essex or whatever and go, no, guns are bad. And go, yeah. well, you probably feel the need to protect yourself. So, yeah, so it's a nuanced conversation. And that's what I like very... about the discussion of knife crime in, in on the record is it's, it is saying, it's as you say, it's saying that like, I get it. Yeah. But I've also seen that 
what you think you might resolve in this way doesn't always actually have the result you that you think I mean? it's going to be, you know? So it's about saying, like, like I'm with you, innit? Like, um, I know that they kind of get it wrong all the time in the media, you know, with us. But as you said, I, there are some things that we need to talk about. Yeah. And yeah. I'm saying the album, let's talk about it. Yeah. But talking to the people that, you know, kind of... Re- talk like report on these situations in the wrong way and just don't get it it's like these gunshots never reach your town <laughs> your town but when we go southerns we might run into some beef or something yeah. that's why we got a rambo tucked into the jeans or something you know what i mean we wish it wasn't like this yeah but it's like like you were saying how do you tell killer mike to not carry a gun when you know you know when he, something possibly could happen to him yeah, yeah it's like how do you tell these kids that feel they need to carry a knife because they'll rather get caught with one than yeah. get caught without one. Yeah. Like, how do you do yeah. that? It It's tough. So you don't just say, just don't do it. Um, you know, you'll get arrested. You know, it's like, whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, oh well, we need to raise the sentences. Well, whatever. You, know what I mean? you can make it a hundred years. Mm-hmm. If I feel like someone's going to take my life, you know what I mean? But it's like, why do I feel like someone's going to take my life? Like, why? Like, getting into that mindset. Why does someone want to take my life? Like, you know, and then it's like, why do I feel trapped in this place? Mm. You know, and it's just purely like proximity and just these things that's going on. And we know that there's loads of loads of reasons that lead to someone feeling like that. Yeah. And those need to be addressed. Yeah, why yeah, do yeah, I feel yeah. like I've got no opportunities? You know what I mean? Why have I got nowhere to go after school? You know what I mean? It, it, it's like... Really? If I feel like I'm going to be arrested anyway, why would I worry about carrying a knife because I'll get arrested? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, there's, there's shit going to happen you know anyway from the looks of it. Things want to blame blame the parents. Like, what? Why? Oh, just blame the parents. Like, why can't they control their kids? What do you mean? <laughs> why is my mum working two jobs until 11pm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's just... The ish, there's... Mate... You can't just... The way they talk in the media is just like... I don't know. It's just like so off the mark. It takes people like us to 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 just speak. You know what I mean? Speak for people that haven't got the voice because yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. the microphone. And then kind of, you know, have a, have a conversation with them. And I don't know. I just feel like it's hopefully coming across like... I don't know. Just like a, in a real real way not talking down upon you know what i mean just um just genuine and don't want to come across like i'm you know super preachy or whatever um but i know that these lyrics will touch people when it's supposed to touch them yeah Mm. who or did anyone get through to you when you were a kid because again you're going to have had people who were saying similar stuff but they weren't the right people. They weren't the people that you were going to hear. Or was there anyone that kind of that you would hear as a youngster and go, you know what, this this guy's got a point. This guy's opening my uh, well, eyes. I feel like I think sports helped me early. Yeah, and then music took over. You know what I mean? So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I think that someone was was just sport. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, that gave me something to do after school and in the six weeks holidays and. And and I and I think that's that's great for kids. And then it was music, you know, like and everyone's 
like in the hood there's pure talent but no one believes it could be realized if you know what i mean yeah 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 so it's important that they see people succeed you know what i mean coming from where they're coming from yeah um so they hopefully over time they realize you know it can happen but i was lucky enough to be passionate about something that ended up working out for me and i want everyone to feel like they could do the same yeah. in whatever they're passionate about yeah you know but just seeing success visible success and no matter who like there's a guy called patrick that run the barbershop cut above the rest on east dam in yeah. east dam and um he just like had his own barbershop then he hired his people then he was like selling like you know t-shirts then he, you know he bought upstairs then he changed that into like a shop you know what i mean clothes shop like he was just always like on job and everyone used to roll in the barber shop you know what i mean just regular people people on badness and whatever but always kind of rated him looked up to him always used to speak positive like to kids and, and me in particular you know what i mean always used to drum into me one of the things he'd say like he's like you can't he said you can't fly like an eagle if you fly with pigeons you know what i mean he goes like you need sometimes you need to separate yourself and you know like yeah. and all that kind of stuff he used to always like drill into me you know what I mean? but i remember him as like one of the people that he he did get through to me on a certain level. I love that. Yeah. How, how important are the hustles outside of music for you? Because I, I I think what you're saying there. I mean, in America and in the UK, uh, for a long time, it's portrayed that the 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 roots out of the ghetto is music or sports, music and, sports. and that's it. Mm. Whereas where you're doing acting and modeling adverts like all these other things and whether or not they're things you're passionate about or not passionate about to different levels i think they're all showing people particularly young black boys that there's there's loads of options of of, of routes out if, if if you they're there to be pursued rather than just writing it off as either i'm going to work t- two jobs and be coming home at, at midnight or yeah I'll, I'll, I'll make it as a rapper yeah, and that's it. Or oh, it's it's the stri- it's the corners kind of. Thing. Yeah, I, th- I think it is a uh, it is important and important for people to see people outside of sports and entertainment um, that are successful. And uh, yeah, I think as an artist, it it is it's something I want to grow to do more. But yeah, I kind of do what I am passionate about. I work on what I am passionate about. When Topware came along, that was the that was the big one. That was like, oh, so something completely new completely different whole never field you know what i mean another revenue stream but also another uh, a, a way to express myself yeah but also just watching my peers do what they do you know like lethal b you know what i mean obviously yeah. coming up with him through music then he's like went into merch like super heavy and like Huge i think that's where he's done best you know yeah, what i mean like completely things like that but even seeing i did a f- a film last year with Bashi and he was he's someone that's been a massive I told him on on set on Mm -hmm. on one of our first days was like he's a massive inspiration because he's not getting these gigs because he's he's Bashi he's getting them because he's good and because he's worked hard that's not that typical that's one of my best friends yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah him you know I mean and he's in he's in LA now but again like just I don't know just not allowing music to just you know limit you Mm. Um, it's like there is more out there. That's why I like, you know, what Stormzy's doing with, you know, signing black authors and, you know, pr- yeah, uh, publishing yeah, yeah, books. Yeah. Uh, a Carla <laughs> doing a million things. You know what I mean? It's like 
we always think that it's just about this. And as we were talking about before, it's just about getting your song on the radio and then you think you've, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like, nah. And I guess hip-hop has shown us that with the Jay-Zs and whatnot, that oh. there's so much more that you can do. And with that more, there's like ways to to bring people in as well, you know what I mean? And help people around you. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that, that, that Killer Mike said as well. He was like, it's, you don't have to be kind of common or whoever who's very mm-hmm. kind of uh, you know not wearing designer labels mm-hmm. and it's like you can be balling but Killer Mike opened up his barber shops mm-hmm. and he's opened up more and more and his merch is made in his local area so he's still bringing he's still being that blingy r- rapper or whatever yeah, you want to yeah. be but he's doing it consciously and he's he's helping his area and he's building these community places of the barber shops to give to give good role models and good other routes and things like that. And I think mm. that's that's hugely important. Yeah, that is important and I see it happening. And because, you know, just because of when hip-hop started, I feel like they're just a bit ahead of us in yeah. terms of Completely. that stuff and it is all to come, you know. I remember when when we uh, first, not when we first, but when we, we all started kind of blowing up, it was like, the comparisons was always like, oh, so Kano's like the Jay-Z a thing and like Wiley's like the <laughs> whoever Dr. Dre and the there and it's like no actually do you know what maybe not maybe maybe Wiley's like the Bamba yeah you know? yeah 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 and maybe yeah. maybe I'm the I don't know KRS or whatever you yeah, know what I mean yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, our, yeah. and our future you know maybe Stormzy is not the Eminem yeah <laughs> maybe he is the Ice Cube and yeah. we've still got our M&Ms to come. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, maybe we're going to be here for 40 years and whatever and yeah. and we're going to see a level of success that we couldn't even imagine. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what we call like the M. Yeah. You know, so maybe... Just to tell... Maybe we're at the beginning. The, the young men and women of the UK that we're still still waiting on our Kanye is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. to let them know that's still to come. <laughs> that's not been yet. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I can't help but, but bring it up as we've gone there slightly. But... He, are you a gamer at all? No. Because I, I used to be a lot more, and I remember when Def Jam Icons came out, <laughs> yeah, I and that. I was like, there's Ghostface, Ludacris, Sean Paul, Redman, Big Boy, The Game, and Kano. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I could, it didn't compute, it was exciting, but how, where did that yeah, come my, from? My, what was that about? That big seemed, hoodie. I'm a big, that seemed mad, big though. Again, Chino. just at that point, the people that you're in there with, it's like, and you were the one a UK representative, mm, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah, madness. Yeah. How was that when that happened? And that, that was crazy. Where did that come from? That was like mad. And like, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that moment. And um, just to be in there with all the people that, you know, I've yeah. loved growing up and whatnot. Yeah. Um, peers over there in America. It was, um, yeah, I don't know, just, a, you know, cool and explain what it was about and who was in it. And I just was like, yeah, cool, safe. So they're like, right, you got to come to the studio. And it's like, it was the longest day of my life. Yeah. All motion right, capture yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was like, I never. Been, Are you going like, to do voiceover? Yeah, shit as voiceover, well. you know what I mean? Like, so you get buttons and you go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> An early day voiceover like, no, as well. So. I step up closer to the mic and do ooh. Um, so it was like super, super long, but fun when I, I got to see the cover and everyone was on there. I love wow, that. I forgot about that. Yeah, it must be a mad day of now make the sound of throwing a punch. It's like you don't really make much of a sound Mate, unless I'm you're in a computer game. I'm still going through that now with like scenes on top where like a couple yeah. little shooting scenes and I was in there the other day and they're like, all right, so we're not probably giving stuff away, but like when you um 
we need fire to go and make a sound. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you make a sound when you fire. I was like, what, like a pow, like, like Batman. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I'm like, look, I'm not doing none of that. I've learned from Def Jam. Yeah. I'm not doing any of that. But yeah. I love that. I love the kind of, the mentality of it. I was, I was doing some, uh, some ADR stuff on a series I did in America. And I, in it, in the last scene, the big battle, I stab Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, we need you to come and make some noise. And it exactly sounds like I'm the one doing the stabbing. Yeah, 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 I, exactly. I, there's no noise from me. I'm <laughs> no, silent. No, I need to be as quiet as possible. Noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be, but yeah, you don't have to be in there just going like, uh, and again, all these trained actors, this is another day at work. Yeah, it's an easy yeah, day, yeah. but I just, it takes you a while to not feel like a prick as you're yeah, standing yeah. in this nice studio going, it's Ugh. tough, man. Like that whole acting experience is tough for me because it's like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like you, you want to, just bring truth to everything but just purely because of the process it's it's like yeah so untrue yeah <laughs> you know it's a confusing I mean? one or, or or let's kind of round things up by talking about that a bit because this comes out n- next week as we're recording it which is mm. when top boy comes out i did a post a while back on social media saying oh, why doesn't the uk have sopranos or, or or the wire or underbelly or gamora and the first a few people come and said we've got a top boy and they're com- completely right it was yeah. the first the UK has always been really good at crime dramas from the perspective of a detective or mm. from the perspective of the police but mm. and there's been some amazing ones but we've never really had good crime dramas that are from perspective of the criminal mm. or the person that's perceived to be the criminal and top boy did that and it kind of it seemed to spawn a lot of other stuff, a whole whole load of whole genre even of mm-hmm. films and things. How was that to be part of? And then how was it for it to come back? And with again, I'm seeing obviously it gets articles and gets interviews, but seeing Dr- Dr- Drake's Top Boy, that's a big name to bring in <laughs> and to be backing you and kind of yeah yeah c- c- co-signing right yeah yeah. It, it was like it was one of them things where. As I told you before, like, I think no is, like, my, my favourite thing to say. So when it was a casting agent, as it goes, Des Hamilton. Yeah, I love Des. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Yeah, yeah, he's a good man. But he's... I've um, had, like, five auditions with him and they've all been sh- shit. Yeah. But I've got on with him every time. It's like, yeah, yeah. for some reason, because I know he's done Top Boy and this is yeah, yeah. the shit that I write, yeah. every time I'm in, I'm like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Every time we'd be like, okay, now do another one now, but... Don't act. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, shit, I'm acting, sorry. <laughs> yeah, nah, he's proper. So, he, I don't know, he must have saw something in me, I don't know. He, he yeah. was just like, come up for this thing. As he does with a lot of people, like non-actors or just people on the street, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, nah, it's not really my thing and it's not something I want to do, acting. He's like, I will send a script anyway. So my manager's got the script, sent me it, didn't look at it at all. Um, I don't know, weeks and weeks go by, then like, managers read it and was like, oh, it's really good kind of thing. And I was like, oh. I was like, nah, still not into it. But in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this thing now. <laughs> Ended up reading it and loving it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but after that, I was still like, yeah, but, you know, just making excuses. Like, not even excuses, but, yeah, but it's probably going to be another one of them kind of shows, in it? I'm not into that. Like, How's it actually going to turn shit. out? Yeah, how's it going to turn out? Yeah. It's going to be like cliche and shit and whatnot. And you, script's all right, but you can fuck it up. Then it was like, who's directed? And it's like, Yander Marge, boom, boom, like proper respected him. And then I was like, okay, cool. Um, anyway, convinced me to like go in there and, and audition, which was like super weird. Obviously, I'm coming from 
you know, being like a, and <laughs> I mean, I'm an artist, a rapper, and uh, I got to go in there and like audition. Then I auditioned, and they like weren't sure. Come back again. I'm like, what do you mean, come back again? Four times I went back, like four times. Yeah. Like literally, the last time I remember we was in like a seven seater, picked up from my house. We was going to do a show, like in know, somewhere, Birmingham, wherever it was, somewhere. And um, so we stopped the car. I went into audition, and the car was waiting for me. Then it was gonna go and do a show. Like I clearly like had my own life going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. And this was kind of not, I don't know, not really respected the life that I had built for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love that every actor out there is itching for callbacks. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. like, I had to go back four times, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. It's like <laughs> I was like, this is. I said, them, listen, if it ain't happening now, fuck it off. Like I'm not coming again. But anyway, there's yeah. So before I went in, he's coming at me outside and he, he's pulled me and he goes, look, he goes, I know you can do it. I love you. He goes, most of the people are convinced, but the director just wants to know if you can turn that switch because your character needs to be the guy that can just switch at any moment. And you've got yeah, the yeah. other things down, but well, so I'm, so I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, listen, I could do that. <laughs> so he said, he said to you me, don't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, he said to me, um, he said, look, it's my office. He goes, everything in there can be replaced. <laughs> oh, that's that's what he sick. said to me. That's so good. He said, everything could be replaced. He's like, that's it. And I said, anyway, went in there. This The last one was with Ashley, me and him. And I just went, I'm in there. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I just went fucking nuts in there. And um, after, like, even Ashley was just like, oh, I was grabbing him up and everything. And they were just like, yeah, fuck it. That's it. Like, you, That's it. You're the one. You've I got it. it. Uh, yeah, so that was my experience. Get, That's get great that he had that kind of that foresight. Mm. So look, just go fucking, yeah, just was, go there and to. It was amazing, and, and awesome. it's like that kind of that push because I think people, you know, you get to a place of you know comfortability with you know what what you do, and you, you become good at what you do, and it's just like yeah. So jumping into something new is like scary. You know what I mean? You won't admit it to yourself at the time, but really, you're scared. Yeah. You're scared yeah, yeah, yeah. of rejection and then you're scared of like not being good because you've took so long to get good and now you're a beginner at something else. So until I kind of made that switch and embraced uh, um, the, the, the novice, you mm. know, in me and then just became the sponge that I once was when I used to go to studios and just want to learn how they're comping a vocal or what, what does EQ do when you ask questions? Yeah, Reva, yeah, what... what yeah. What happens when you put like put a bit more ribbon? Oh, it sounds like that. Okay, cool. Like, just questions and questions and questions. Yeah. Learning every single day. That's what I said, you know, how I'm going to approach acting. I'm just going to ask questions. I'm just going to learn and I'm just going to enjoy that experience. Yeah. So I just took it on like that, you know, probably bothered Ashley a lot because he had, you know, had done a lot more than well, me and spoke Ashley to him. And having y- y- Jan as well, people who like know their shit, but are, they help the, me. from what I've seen, aren't kind of, distant they're like they're real they're they're gonna be there to answer those questions they're not gonna be like this is the fifth question today what are you doing it's no they're 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 proper proper real and you done a big thing for me because it's like (laughs) i'll jump to i remember gets done a bit of acting and i was like how did you find it and he was like he said you know what it's like laying a verse then you say to the engineer play that back for me and he says no (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, yeah, bro, you're not in control. This yeah. is not your show. Yeah, yeah. It's not like music. This is not your show. So that was hard for me to do at the beginning. And I just didn't know. I was like, this is coming to set now yeah. on like the first week or whatever. Anyway, so I felt a bit uncomfortable. And um, you, you'll probably appreciate this as well. Like we was in scenes where it's like me and Ashley speaking to another guy. But I wasn't present in the scene, even if I didn't have a line, because when I, cause I knew I was mic'd up. And when I didn't have a line, I wanted to stay as still as possible yeah. so that my Russell wouldn't get on the microphone. Right, yeah, yeah, Because yeah, I'm yeah. coming from a recording artist's point yeah. of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know of what course. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was me. I'm like, I'm going to stay quiet. And then when it's my time to speak, yeah, yeah, then I'll speak. So, <laughs> so anyway, a kid broke his arm and, like on his day off or whatever, and we all had to take like a month off or something like that. Um, but in that time, met up with Jan and he showed me all the footage and he was like, this is where I think you're doing well and this is like, what the fuck was happening here, man? Yeah. And I told him and he's like, oh, mate. He goes, no, nah, I know you ain't got lines, but you're in the moment. You need yeah. to be present. And I was like, oh, it's like that. And he just like really spoke to me and then, and then I don't know, I just think I picked it up from there and just like was a bit more comfortable and then just, yeah, learning every day. I love that, that highlight. The big a breakthrough for me on set, and it's going to sound stupid, but it was realising that in, in, in real life, mm. we're always the lead. Yeah. Like, if I'm on the bus, I'm the lead. I'm, I'm thinking about yeah, 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 yeah. W- w- what I'm doing on this night. So even if it's silent, if mm. you think about it, you're the lead. In your world, if, you, if you're the lead, then, re- then react and be doing these things rather than because you know you're not the lead in that scene, you're sitting there, there waiting for your moment. Yeah, if it was yeah. the real life, the real world, you'd be like, this is, I'm thinking about Oh, what's going to happen after this? I'm looking at that guy's shoes. I'm like, what's going on yeah, there? And yeah, the important yeah. thing is what's going on in my head uh-huh. rather than, than this. That's interesting. And I think it's a mad one because, again, yeah, That's obviously wicked. starting off the first things you do on any set, there's going to be a lot where you're in the background and then you've not yeah, got any yeah, lines. Of course. And that's, that's, that can be the toughest bit. And that was a good thing for me to have click because it'd be like, all right, cool. I'm not just in the background. Mm. They're waiting for my moment. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's, it's all building up to me. Yeah, and and another thing, I like in in music, the only thing that calms me is practice. Yeah, and just practice, practice, practice. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. like you, everyone's a bit nervous when they go on stage, but when you know the music so well, it calms that a little bit. You know yeah, what I mean? So and you're when excited I, to share it at that point. Yeah, exactly. You know you've got it tight. So I took that same process and practiced so much, but you can practice too much. Well. You can't practice too much in acting, but but you can get too attached to uh, what you think, you know, or how you think it's going to be and yeah. whatever. So there's times where, you know, on paper, we're doing this scene, I don't know, in an office or whatever, and, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? You learn the lines and whatever, then he stands up after that line or whatever. And you get there on a day and, yeah, and... I, Jan being the director that he is, he'd be like, all right, do you know what? We're not doing that office. We're doing it. We're doing it walking down the street. And I'm going to be like, oh, but I had everything down. Like, (laughs) he was going to get up at that line, then I was going to step over there. Then it was like, you know what I mean? I've practiced it to a T in my head. So you've kind of got to be fluid. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's one of them ones. And then I worked with a guy called Martin Ledwith, a wicked acting coach, and he... Like, he made me run through scenes in all different scenarios, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, right, now, let's run these lines on the phone. 
You know what I mean? Let's run these lines on the phone and people is around us. So yeah, you yeah, can't, yeah. You, you know, that moment you say, fuck you, you can't shout that. You know what I mean? It's more yeah. like a fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, I find, those... learn, I find going going over my lines when I'm I'm driving okay. is the one for me because it, it can't be my complete focus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It has to be a second nature. And That's in life, it's, it's all, in life we react and it's all spontaneous and in the moment. But it's not. It's all from what we've learned from mm. thirty years, forty years, or whatever else on this on this 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 planet. I had Riz on the podcast early, uh, uh, Riz Ahmed, and we used to MC together and all sorts. But he got into acting long before me. Good and friend his, of Yan, Yan's as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, and his big thing was like learn the lines inside and out mm-hmm. so that you're ready to throw them away. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? If you don't know them, that's when that change will throw you off. If you do know them, then that change is cool. It's all there. Yeah. You know, it's still, it's just changing the scenario and this and that and having that, as you said, fluidity. Yeah, because to... I used to think the big guys, they don't learn lines. They just, whatever. And I think the case is, no, they, the real good guys, they've learned it so well yeah. that they yeah. can now, you know, play yeah, with it. We can it. go anywhere we want and yeah. they don't care. It's not a big deal to change it. That's to... like, even the other day I was doing a show and um, it was like radio thing and, I was finding it tough to like cut out the swearing, so I didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was a pre-record, it was over, it's alright. <clears throat> but I didn't know the lyrics. Well, I don't know the lyrics well enough yet. I've just started yeah. performing yeah, yeah, it. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Cool. It's like when I know it that well, I can start. Yeah, change out that word for that. You know what okay. I mean? Like yeah. cut half of that word in half, so you just hear the uck and not the f- yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of that stuff. But it's like no, you have to know lyrics so well so you can start playing about. It. Change up the flow. You know what I mean? All and it's going to sound better if they're if you're 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 flowing at your best rather than trying to edit. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. Always, it's going to sound like a weird comparison. But if I'm watching something that's not in English, I'll have the subtitles on rather than have it be dubbed because the dubbed isn't going to have that same delivering it's the same there you doing the clean version you're not going to be focusing on the delivery and the flow and hitting them points that you would as much as if you weren't kind of having to self-edit yourself so well i mean i'll wrap things up now as i know you need to get on but uh, what's ahead obviously you're going to be touring the record but how excited are you about that i remember when gets was i I, I spoke to, to to gets a little while before he was redoing his life setup and he was having mm-hmm. the live band and he was so excited to be adding all of that energy on stage mm-hmm. or, or what's kind of the plan for the tour yeah so yeah kind of a bit like how it was before you know we went out with a live band before and we yeah. had our you know we had a little brass section there this time we're bringing strings into the mix because i feel like yeah. on this record you know it's it's quite you know it's quite a lot of strings on there so yeah. i want that to be represented at at the live show not not every live show maybe but you know where we can I'm playing Royal Albert Hall as well so we want to yeah, I mean really uh, really step it up so, so yeah like it's growing a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ooh, it's not necessarily not great on the pocket but uh, <laughs> yeah. it'll pay off one day but I just want to you know show it in it's you know true light how just, good it can be yeah, rather than a, a, a version you know what I mean and it's not necessarily always about more it's just about just the the quality of the of the parts we're playing and I, I done a show the other day where we done the whole album from start to finish but now we're starting rehearsals next week um, and now we'll be incorporating the old stuff um, but it'll be things like look transitions of tracks and yeah, yeah, yeah. things like well, there's not any brass on the new album but the 
is there a way that we incorporate it in some tracks yeah. you know what i mean like what what how does it flow what songs do i do because there's a lot of songs now do yeah. we you know purposely leave out it's making big decisions like do we you know do we do this or is that too attached to that moment and that album yeah of course you know um so yeah a lot of uh decisions to make and we're still working out and getting better but um yeah i'm excited i'm excited it's exciting to have have those decisions to make right i I remember the last i stopped doing music a few years back and on the last tour was the first tour that we proper had like a a lighting guy tour with us yeah yeah because it's as you said it costs money man every other tour we'd looked and gone (laughs) is that that important I regretted not having yeah, a lighting guy for the rest man. of the career because it was like that last tour, it felt like a show because the lighting guy was amazing and it really, it brought it all together. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's you, as you said, it's kind of, there's certain things that cost a bit and this and that, but you try them out and then you can decide, oh, we need that at every show. It's worth it, you know? Yeah, Or you we don't. To. Or we can lose that for certain shows and still make it work. It's so, it's so important. Like, I see so many people, like, especially younger artists, going out without their own sound guy. They're just using the in-house yeah. guy every single night. And I'm just like, like I, think, I think this is something worth investing in. You know what I mean? Like, you, you need, you know, you need your own person. And he's going to hopefully find someone that can grow with you. Um 100% necessary lights as well you know lights are are important for like many things not just like yeah all going crazy and whatever just the no. way even then blacking it out and giving you enough time to transition to the next tune and just things like that and exactly that is giving that them moments and then then punctuations and all, all that kind of thing that you don't think about when you're starting out you know yeah exactly but nah the the, the live show is now the most important thing for us and getting that right and um, yeah, all, all, all gearing up to uh, the tour and and Royal Albert Hall, man. Can't can't wait. That's big, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Big to wait. be doing the Royal Albert Hall again. I mean, it all comes back round and finishes off perfectly. Is it's another another thing to show that there's there's no limitations. You know, when you were growing up in East London or 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 wherever, you wouldn't have been thinking, oh, I want to play the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> you, you might be thinking, I'd like to get let into the Royal Albert Hall one day. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing seems out of reach. So it's, yeah. I think it's important to do stuff like that and go, look, this is what, this is where we can be. Yeah, this is where we can be. This is how we can sound and, you know, you can do it. And what's beautiful, a lot of people that are coming to the show, it's their first time yeah. ever going to a place like that as well. Yeah. So, you know, we want to, we want to uh, do it right, you know, but we want to, bring the Royal Labour Hall to us. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And just have it off in there as well. Yeah. I, l- I love it. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Nice one. Thank you, nice man. One. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Kano. Um, I loved chatting uh, with him. Uh, we had some good chats kind of before and after as well. And it's always it's always a nervous one like when it's not someone you've met before. Because, again, this isn't trying to get some 10-minute radio slot out of someone, a quick quote. This is, you know, an hour-long conversation, over an hour, this one. It's real pleasing to feel like we clicked there. And yeah, I've been a fan of Kano for a minute and I know a lot of you have been asking for him on the podcast. So 
I was delighted to make that happen. A few things to tell you about. Obviously, over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Pip. It's a dollar a month. You get previews of who's coming up, who I've recorded with on the podcast. But you also get bonus podcasts once a month. The, the distraction pieces rewind. You get poem of the month. So that's a new spoken word recording on the first Monday of every month. All sorts of good stuff over there. And speechdevelopmentrecords.com is where you can get all my music. There's DVDs, there's live stuff, there's all the merch in the world, from swimwear to leggings to sunglasses to caps to T-shirts, obviously, to hoodies to umbrellas to these the dopest things I've ever made are these gloves. But because they're really are well made, they cost like 30 quid, so no one, no one really buys them but i wear them every winter and they're the best thing i've ever made because they look cool as fuck anyway as i said if this is your first time tuning in go and give the uh the mike skinner episode a listen as he came up and the akala episodes and killer mike they're the three that came up in conversation so uh they're worth having a look at also if you if you didn't hear in fact i'm gonna get i'm gonna do that thing where i get buddy peace to take something from the out outro and put it in the intro because i wish i'd mentioned this at the start um so i'm going to pause and then he can cut it and put it in here here we go and you're going to be like i've already heard this you sneaky sneaky beasts um here we go and also if if you didn't hear gets on jamali maddox's podcast uh the breakdown i think it was called but yeah if you if you search gets jamali maddox it'll come up in the podcast give that a listen it's fantastic it gives a real great uh, snapshot of some of the historical moments um in grime and his own developments uh in recent years it's worth a listen there you go you will have heard that in the start and now you're hearing it at the end i'm sneaky um yeah anyway as i mentioned really casually in the intro next week's guest is louis theroux yeah um and also, if you if you want to win a signed, personalised copy of the Times best-selling Distraction Pieces podcast book, head over to iTunes, give a five-star review, and write your favourite write what your favourite episode from this year is and why from this year from 2019, and then I'll go through and I'll select a winner from that and get in touch and all that goodness. Anyway, I will see you all next week for Louis Theroux. On the Distraction Pieces podcast. Go and, and, and listen to Hoodies All Summer. Go and watch um, Top Boy, obviously, uh, once it's up on Netflix. See you later.